Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Jordana Levine, and you're listening to the Inspired Table podcast. Each week, you'll be led down an inspired path of curiosity as I chat to some of my favorite soul-centered folk about the things that inspire me daily in the hope that some of that juicy inspiration will rub off on you. So pour yourself your favorite cuppa and take a seat at my table. I promise you'll leave happier, healthier, and bursting with inspiration. This interview is going to blow your mind. It certainly blew mine. If you have ever wondered if there is more to life than just this that we experience in this moment, if reincarnation is possible, or how many lives we've led before this one, if you've ever wondered if soulmates are real, and if we only get one, or perhaps why is it that we connect with certain people more than others? Or you know that feeling when you meet a stranger for the first time but feel like you've known them your whole life? If you've ever wondered any of these things, then you're going to find this interview with psychic emotional healer Rebecca Detman fascinating. This interview is perhaps my favourite to date. I could talk about this stuff all day. In fact, we almost did. Um, I love... I love Rebecca's matter-of-factness about a subject that many people find woo-woo, and if you're one of those people, I urge you to listen until the end and then tell me you can't relate to at least half of the things that she says. I'm so excited, and I'm a little bit jealous that you're about to hear this for the first time. I've already listened to it several times since we recorded it, and I will listen to it several times again because every time I do, I always take a new piece of amazing information out of it. So please enjoy. Here's Rebecca Depp. I'm here in Adelaide, South Australia, and I grew up in a very normal, conservative family, um, very middle class, very suburban. Um, and it wasn't until I was in the middle of a high-flying journalist career living in Sydney in my 20s that I discovered kind of almost randomly that I could channel. <laughs> yeah, wow. So what does that mean? Well, look, I mean, I had dabbled in, I'd started to dabble in a little bit of like going to some meditation classes and playing with crystals and, you know, I, I had some friends who were a bit spiritual, so that was starting to open me up. But one day a girlfriend asked me a question about her boyfriend and I just found myself closing my eyes and something else began to answer for me. So basically for an hour and a half, I didn't stop talking and I gave her this non-stop stream of narrative with all of this deep stuff, you know, that I couldn't possibly have known, including past life information and all this stuff about her and her boyfriend. And after that, 
as you can imagine, I was extremely spun out because I had a lot to process and yeah. from that weird, really quite incredible experience. I remember, um, uh, in, in, funnily, she also learned to do it at around the same time I did and she also gave me a really big channeled session and I can remember lying in bed at like 4 o'clock in the morning still not being able to go to sleep because I had so much going on in my brain. Like Because I was a journalist, like, I'm trained to ask questions and mm. I want to know everything. So when you suddenly get this unlimited kind of dial-up broadband to the universe, you just, like, you go mentally, like, what's the matter? Why are we here? Are they? Yeah. <laughs> like, you're asking every single question you can possibly think of. And so for through my 20s, I spent a lot of time in what I would call self-directed learning, like almost like an intensive masterclass mm. um, of... You know, we're all very old souls. We've all had healing lives, witch lives, wizard lives, whatever in the past. And I think I was doing a hell of a lot of re-remembering very, very quickly. And so I would spend time with psychic friends channeling so much information about how we felt the universe worked and how what my role within that was. And, of course, when you become psychic, people just come out of the woodwork and they want to know stuff. Like, I can just remember sitting in, like bars in Sydney and like you know some guy would come up to me and I'd just look at his palm and he'd be like what are you doing and I couldn't help myself (laughs) that is something and then like you know an hour later he'd be crying on my shoulder about you know his life and you know it was just it opens a can of worms so I was a journalist for 10 years but the last few years of that was really difficult because I'd be getting these phone calls at my desk at like these huge news corporations and people would be saying are you Rebecca um can you tell me about like past lives and spirit guides and I would literally be hiding in a pot plant in the corner like whispering um yes I can (laughs) right now (laughs) obviously um the universe was pushing me to leave the you know the the reliable stable safe job that I'd always had and literally jump off the cliff with no safety net and do this for a for a living yeah wow at the time I had a newborn baby and there was no kind of guarantees and it was very very touch and go but I did walk away from an enormous corporate salary and a job that I hated and I took on this kind of unfamiliar terrain so you know being a psychic it's kind of not something you would choose (laughs) because when you're at a dinner party with doctors and lawyers and accountants and physios and they say what do you do you know I've struggled for years to be comfortable with that answer some psychics really own it and they actually love almost the controversy of being like I'm the different one at the table yeah I I always really wanted to hide you know I still find I've got to be honest with you I still find it um challenging because I've come from such a mainstream conservative background, I still circulate with those people a lot. Or even just like a nice evening out at a wine bar and somebody in a suit says, oh, hey, Rebecca, what do you do? Mm. To answer the truth has often gotten me into trouble, so to speak, because I have, I mean, I have had one huge fight with a guy um, who just refused to accept me. Like he was incredibly threatened and challenged by me telling him that I do this for a living. And why is that? It's because, unfortunately, obviously, a lot of psychic grey area type stuff is still linked to charlatans, quacks, pseudoscience, rip-off merchants, you know, dodgy Hollywood Boulevard psychics who put a curse on you. Yeah, absolutely. 
the daggy Victorian connotations of Ouija boards and seances and mm. all of that. You know, that it, we've had such a bad rap and such a daggy, misinformed rap, and Hollywood's done so much of a disservice with The Exorcist, Haunted House movies. You know, their their clunky tape take on what it is to be a psychic or a seeress, or you know, so. I've had to do a lot of re-education. Yes. And the thing is, of course, the world, as you know, and as all your listeners know, has really done this really massive quantum shift upgrade in the last five, ten years where all of a sudden wellness is a buzzword and lots of people are very comfortable now with concepts like even just yoga or green smoothies and just all that basic entry-level stuff. Mm. So it's not obviously as difficult for me as it was in the in the early two early 2000s or mid-2000s to, to talk about these kinds of concepts when the world still hadn't woken up yet. Um, but I've found that, you know, I'm not just an out-and-out psychic anymore. If you want me to sit there for an hour and just channel for you, well, I can and I, and I will, but it's actually a little bit disempowering because I would rather bring in psychology-type tools now. I would rather use my skills not just to say, oh, I see a tall, dark-haired man in October, yeah. but, but to say... Okay, I, I'm, I'm helping you to see the emotional blocks from your childhood. I'm helping you to understand the soul lessons that you've brought in. I'm helping you to recognize your buried fears and phobias, your, you know, your, your default behaviors, your neural pathways, the patterns that you're stuck in. I can help to penetrate that with you. Now here's some tools that you can use to really take action and self-empowerment and self-responsibility in your own life. So to that end... I feel uncomfortable just saying I'm a psychic because I don't think I am. I do feel like I'm a psychic emotional counsellor. Yeah, I think that's a good way to describe it. Um, For everyone listening, I've actually had a reading with Rebecca before. We had one earlier this year. And you do, you do go into, you know, many layers that your standard psychic probably wouldn't. So, you know, I've been to see many psychics where it's all about the future and, you know, this might happen, you know, this could happen, this is where you're headed, where you, you touch on that sort of stuff, but we also touch on the present, what's going on at the time, how you're feeling about things. And then we go back into past lives, which is what you're here to talk about today. You just want to go straight for the spiritual jugular today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just dive straight in because I think it's an interesting topic. It's something that I talk about a lot with people. And some people, well, actually most people kind of see past lives as this thing that you either believe in or you don't believe in. And it's a little bit woo-woo. But really, I mean, that's that's a very Western way to look at it, isn't it? Because past lives or reincarnation even... Is, is part of many cultures' belief system. Well, two-thirds of the world actually have reincarnation as part of their religious belief system. Yeah. And it was in the Bible, according to the Dead Sea Scrolls, but a lot of the Bible was edited and removed and taken out back in the early days. A lot of the more... A lot of the concepts we now consider quite spiritual and new age were originally all in the Bible, which is really fascinating. It is fascinating. So, you know... Past lives, it doesn't matter whether you actually believe in them or not. I mean, it really doesn't matter. You don't need to. You don't need to know what they are. You don't need to believe in them. But you know, of course, from from my perspective, as a psychic and as someone who works with people in this way, it's such an informative tool. You know, to, to tap into to understand the journey that you are on as a, as an energy, as a soul, as a you know, if you want to talk graph charts or if you want to talk like primary school, high school, university, PhD, the soul is constantly 
evolving, transforming and upgrading on a very big journey. And it can be incredibly useful to understand the reference point of where you're at within all of that melting pot, that chaos. Yeah. So to give a basic framework of what reincarnation is from my perspective, having, you know, not only done past life regressions, like had them done on me, done them on others, and then being able to channel what I see for the last 10 years. Um, so there's this idea that in between lives, I guess you could say, when you're somewhere other than this dimension or a, or a solid physical dimension, um, you're basically given full um, responsibility and choice of yourself by yourself to self-direct your own learning. So there's no one telling you what to do. I mean, you might have spirit guides that sit around a bit like, you know, life coaches or career counsellors, and they might sort of give you some guidance, but no one's telling you what to do. You will basically sit down and you'll say, you know, I'm really feeling that my soul has not yet learnt the virtue of patience, mm-hmm. or I really feel that I want to experience... Um, what it means to really, really, really love and believe in myself. So then you sort of say, okay, well, how am I going to learn that? So you might say, I think the best way for me to learn that is I'm actually going to put myself in a situation where there is no love. So I learn to appreciate love and and value it. So hence, you may have a child who is incarnated into a horrific, abusive household where they may be being sexually molested or hit or you know neglected Mm. and that that soul then has a choice you know we see souls that have those childhoods and sometimes they end up meth addicts living in caravans sometimes they end up suiciding and sometimes they end up making the best of their lives Mm. they make different choices they pull themselves out they see counselors they do stuff and on they go and they get the learning you know and so so when you incarnate you can go Anywhere You're certainly not limited to earth. And I often, not often, but occasionally I will do past life readings for people where I'm seeing them on other planets or in other dimensions. It doesn't really matter where you go to learn. There's many schools you can go to to learn. Yeah. Um, And earth is just one school. Um, And it's a popular school. People, like souls, love earth. Earth Earth is for the cowboys. Like earth is somewhere you come when you're feeling very adventurous because oh my god earth is such a like look at the spectrum of what's available here from the the darkest most torturous most murderous most awful right through to the most amazing ecstatic bliss and ecstasy in heaven that you can all have here on this planet earth like it's quite amazing yeah so so earth is popular so you know this whole thing that time doesn't exist of course so there's we're not really having past lives in order i mean it's often useful to talk about it in a linear timeline like oh yes back in ancient greece or back in ancient egypt two thousand years ago i see you being a healer or this and that but of course past lives if you if you view it more like the roots of a tree and every single root or every single branch and twig is a different extension of yourself that's having an experience so they're all happening simultaneously, mm. which is kind of mind-blowing to get your head around. But it means that if you do a significant um, shift or realisation or change in this lifetime, that ripple effect can affect all the other yous, right? And likewise, if you're being really, really stuck or trapped or locked in something in this lifetime, it could be because another version of you is really struggling somewhere, blocking it all up. But you can work with that other version of you. And, and, and have amazing releases. You've just blown my mind. Yeah. You've blown my mind because 
you know, I'm, I'm so into this past life thing, but I always, I always thought I was doing it one at a time. Nah. No. <laughs> because look at ecosystems and look at oneness. Like everything is involved in everything. Yeah. Part of everything. And then there's the collective consciousness and, and the soul group idea, which is the next thing that I need to talk about when we talk about past lives. Because mm. you don't just come down all isolated, just working on your own little stuff in your own little bubble. No. Usually when you're in that life between lives and you're sitting up at the big boardroom in the sky, there's other members of your soul group who put up their hands and they say, oh, my God, oh, my God, Jordana, I want to learn such and such lesson. I want to learn about money in the next lifetime. How about I come with you and I'll be your husband and you be the wife. You want to learn about love, so I'm going to withhold love from you, but I'm going to you know, have some lesson around money, so you're going to spend all my money so I learn how to get burned through finances. <laughs> and we go, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. And then we go, where should we go? And you're like, let's go to ancient China. I fucking love that place. And I go, yeah. And then we go there and we may bring in 15 to 25 or more other souls who are all going to be the family, the children, the grandparents, the community, and all of them are in collective agreement. They're all there for their own soul lessons, soul themes, etc. And it's like a package deal. Mm. So souls move around in package deals. Basically. Okay. So, you know, like, you know, when you meet someone for the first time and you feel like you've known them forever and you oh, have... Right. Yes. This unexplained connection with them. Yes. It, that, it's that kind of thing. And I guess the other way to look at it is, I'll use my mum as an example. I've always had this relationship with, with, with my mother, who's the most amazing woman in the world, but I've always felt like her mother for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> I always feel like I'm looking after her, even though she doesn't need to be looked after. She doesn't need me to be her mother, but I always seem to step into that role. That's how you know, Jordana. Like, yeah. I remember meeting this one guy, and he was a lovely guy. And there was nothing about him to give me any reason to judge him. But straight away, I was thinking, I don't trust him. Yeah. I don't trust him. He went and got me a drink. I thought, he's, he's drugged it. I can't trust him. <laughs> and you know what? It was a past life. So what, what I'm saying is it doesn't always have to be like a family member or a husband or, yeah. like, or a best friend. Sometimes it can be random people that you only meet once or you only meet for two weeks or three months. And, but they can still be people you've crossed paths with before. Yeah. And it happens. There's a lot of souls doing reincarnation over and over and over, like where it's, you know, there it is. Yeah. What's the next question on this topic? I was going to say also future lives. Um, you can definitely look at your future lives as well. This well, is mind-blowing Yeah. Question. No, that, well, that was another question I had. You know, if we're learning lessons from our past lives or parallel lives, yes. can we then determine our next life by the actions we take in this one? So all you're ever doing as a soul is consciously creating and choosing. It's just all you're doing is you're a creator. I mean, you're basically God. We're all just God. We're just, we, we, we are all, um, have, have that kind of, if you want to call it God or source or divine energy or creator inside us. So we're just constantly creating, creating, creating. And obviously, according to the learning that you've had, that affects the way that you choose to keep creating. You fine hone it. You know, you get better and better at it. You make better and better choices. You become more and more higher vibrational. Eventually, you end up like a llama or like a, you know, some sort of ascended master or guru. If you if you do want to look at it in terms of going up some sort of a hierarchy or food chain. Yeah. Okay. Um, So yeah, that was another question I had. You know, let's say that you're spending this life on a quest for personal development and enlightenment, and you know, you're learning your lessons and you're you're taking them on board, and you you know, does that mean that the next life you will be, you know, one one um, rung up that ladder? 
Let's reword it that there's then, that there's then another part of you that becomes born out of that that okay. wishes to experience the next progression on the staircase. Yeah. So another part of an offshoot of energy will come out and say, "Okay, I'm ready to be a nun now, or I'm ready to be." You know, but let, let's let's not be too stereotypical about it either. Like, you know, when people say, oh, yeah, past lives, everyone was always Cleopatra or everyone was always <laughs> someone famous. But, you know, absolutely, you know, like I, I remember this girlfriend, this shitty girlfriend saying years ago, you know, nobody's ever just a downtrodden factory worker in 1960s England. <laughs> but they absolutely are. Yeah. I, mean, I would say 99.9% of the past lives I've channeled in the last decade are all just, you know, just people hidden in peasant villages, um, farm fields, you know, orphanages, like, you know, they're just ordinary lives. Yeah. I have come across one or two or three who you could call celebrity souls in past lives, but mm. it's not, obviously that's not the point of it. No. Um, and so on that note, I wanted to say, just because you've become more highly evolved, let's say you're having a lifetime where you're really highly evolved. Well, you might be a leper in a gutter in India mm. and be the most highly evolved you've been of any of your lifetimes. You know, it doesn't necessarily, you're not going to look like Oprah. Like, you might look like, and, you know, Oprah might not even be that evolved, to be honest with you. She may have figured a lot of stuff out, but she's still she's still not necessarily anywhere that high on the soul evolution chain. Yeah. So how do we judge these things? Well, you don't need to judge any of it, really, but it's just interesting food for thought. And if people really want to explore this topic, my recommendation is Dr. Brian Weiss, which is actually spelled W-E-I-S-S, and he is kind of the master in um, pioneer in this work because he began as a scientific skeptic clinical hypnotherapist who began to find during his sessions that these incredible memories were becoming unlocked out of the subconscious and unconscious brain and so he just basically the scientists and he kicked in and he documented and researched and studied for years and years and now he's one of the leading experts in the world in past life regression and reincarnation fantastic i'll put his um details in the show notes that's great yeah um so can we have i mean no i'm not asking you this question because i know i've definitely had it you can it is possible to have flashes or memories of these past lives 100 percent. yeah and sometimes so now this actually almost leads me into a quote into a question about psychic skills but just to keep it brief there's many 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 different ways that people can um, what's the word? Um, we'll just pick up or channel psychic vibes, right? Yeah. So, what you just said. So you just said sometimes it's possible to have a memory or a backflash. Absolutely, you might see the full Technicolor movie, but other people will remember their past lives through, you know, like that one girl that you know that always likes to wrap something around her head. Like she loves to have scarves or things around her head, like a turban, even though she's like this like white chick from the ghetto. <laughs> Yeah. And so you might actually find your past lives through fashion. Like people who say, oh, I can't bear to have anything buttoned up tight around my neck. I can't wear a tie. Yeah, because you've been hung. Or I hate wearing mm. shoes. I always want to go barefoot on thongs year round. Yeah. You know, you probably spent lots of lives tr- tracking through the desert or being an indigenous person. Like, you don't want to have shoes on. Like, and so you can find it through fashion. You can find it through smells or sensations, through foods. Maybe there's foods that you just love for no explicable reason. Like, I love Korean food, obsessed with Korean food, could order everything on the menu in Korea, like, love it. Mm. What is that, you know? Or it might be, you know, everyone who's travelled has got the experience of the minute the plane touched down in this country I'd never been before, I just felt at home. I've had people say things like, when I was in London, I knew all the back streets, even though I'd never been there. I knew how to get through the alleyways. Yeah. Like, I knew the shortcuts. 
Um, you know, or people say, when I was in this place, I felt uncomfortable the entire time. I couldn't wait to get out. And that could be because you had a horrific life there or, you know, really bad memories of a place that was really a lot about a lot of suffering for you. Mm. <clears throat> so you can absolutely look for these sorts of clues. And I think Brian uh, Weiss, in his book, Many Lives, Many Masters, which is the good starting point that I advise everyone who's interested to, to, to begin with, it's either him or it's someone else I've heard talks about. They give you like a checklist of like 10 different things you can think about to begin to re- remember what your lives were yeah. um, through, through things like look at foods, look at countries, look at clothes, look at people, look at memories, look at, you know, for example, I've got this funny idiosyncrasy that I've had my whole life where I hate to be the last person. So let's say we're on a holiday with some other families and everyone gets into their cars and it's time to leave. I don't want to be in the last car. No way. I want to be in the middle car or the front car. Mm. That bother me the whole way home, right? Yeah. Now, what the, what the fuck is that? Like, what is that? <laughs> that is past life stuff, which I've done work on. Yeah. And to other, you know, just other things. But there's these little um, flags. Like, you can look for those little kind of weird, like, weird things that you have that have no explanation behind them. And, of course, it's the obvious things as well. Like, oh, my God, I'm so scared of ships. I can't stand the water. I hate boats. I don't want to be on a boat. Yes. Why? Why on earth could that be? I wonder. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing I will mention is birthmarks, moles, and unusual things on the body. Ooh. So if you've been, let's say, speared in the back and you never got over it, and by never got over it, I mean you haven't done the forgiveness work around what that was all about, you may still have a big birthmark or mole in a particular <gasps> entry point. Um if you're the kind of person who likes to go to holistic practitioners, for example, kinesiologists, muscle testers, etc., you can use some of those weak, quote-unquote, places on the body as entry points to go in and find what emotions are locked there. Yeah. Let's use another one. Let's look at the womb. A lot of women have trouble with painful periods, endometriosis, IVF. The womb is a place that women hold a lot of resentment toward men. But what if you've had nothing but lovely experiences in this lifetime? What if your dad was a loving father and your husband's a beautiful man? Why do you have fibroids in your uterus? Mm. Because you're holding a lot of locked up angst from maybe some torture or something from a previous incarnation. And that's the place your body, your cellular memory has photographed it and is keeping it. Yeah. And it needs to be released to be healed. So, so then how, 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 do we, how, do, how do we heal that? Well, that, that would be a case of getting into bringing it into the conscious awareness so rather than your whole life being sound asleep to it so yeah i know i've got trouble with my womb i've seen some doctors and i take some drugs that's it yeah going okay i've actually got trouble with my womb what does the womb represent creativity it represents new life it represents the divine feminine it represents the second heart of a woman why do i have growths in there maybe i need to explore the emotions around what's being locked in the womb is it resentment is it anger is it sadness is it grief and you can do that with the right kinds of emotional practitioners who can take you there and then help the body to release release, to release. release. yeah fantastic i love so that this is why we don't always need surgery and drugs to deal with every single health condition that comes up because from my point of looking at things it's all just energy and it's usually just emotional and spiritual blocks that are not being consciously addressed in the mind the body has given you lots and lots and lots of messages over the years they've been tapping you on the shoulder and trying to alert you to it and if you keep ignoring it and sticking your head in the sand eventually they'll turn the volume up and they'll scream at you and they'll give you a lovely big tumor or cancer or or a car crash or something where you literally hit the wall and have to stop and get the message yeah do the work yeah it it makes so much sense absolutely um another another thing i really want to talk to you about um is the concept of soul mates 
Beautiful. Everyone yeah. loves this one. They do. They do. Um, and it's, you know, it's of particular interest to me. I'm on the search for mine at the moment. Um, okay. So what light can you shed? Oh, where do I begin? <laughs> this is a really cool segue off the back of past lives because something I was going to say five minutes ago is that often the soul in this lifetime that causes you the most grief is your strongest soulmate. And I could mean like the boss that bullies you or Mm. that horrible guy, that drunk driver that ran over your child or or maybe it's the abusive husband you've had or it's whatever. Like whoever the person is that most pushes your buttons and doesn't leave your life because they keep showing up and antagonizing you. Yeah. You know what? There's a saying that it's the soul that loves you the most that is able to put up their hand and say, I will come down and hurt you so you can get the soul gift that you're so desiring to learn. Yeah. Because it's a huge ask. It's, it's Somebody has to be the perpetrator. Look at Hitler. Look at Martin Bryant. There's, there's always got to be the person who puts up their hand and says, my soul desires to, to know what it's like on that side of the fence and I will be the one to be the, the horrible scapegoat who's going to create the carnage and the damage. So millions of souls, thousands of souls, hundreds of souls or one or two souls can have very deep important lessons right yeah. now that's the that's the shadow side of soulmates you're looking for the lovey sweet blissful <laughs> yes side, yes right? please so soulmates can be as well you know they could they might be your best girlfriend they might be your sister they might be a child you know so the soulmate can also just be a soul that maybe you've traveled a lot with you have a lot of glue with sticking you together you've got a lot of good layers and history you can really trust them and you do excellent soul work when they show up again because of the familiarity and the pre-established level of bonding and trust, right? So you can go on and have awesome... Like, you know, like the the, the parents who had a child that died when the child was a baby and it was really, really horrible, but that mum and dad had had many, many lives together to prepare them for that because they had a really good foundation stone together of support, trust and loyalty, you know? Yeah. Can't just do those kind of soul lessons with just anybody sometimes, you know? So when you're looking at it in terms of I want to attract a mate or, you know, in your your romantic realms, so you may have heard the term twin flame. Have you heard that bounced around? Yes. So that's kind of this this kind of starry-eyed Hollywood dreamy idea that there's this, you know, other half that completes us. And, of course, in ancient Greek mythology, there's that idea that once upon a time we were one and then we split in two and we spend eternity searching for our other half of ourselves and that kind of... It's, you know, it's beautiful. Mm. Now, from what I understand, actual twin flames are so intense that they often don't do too well when they actually incarnate for real on earth with you mm. because you either kill each other or you just sex each other to death. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just, it's almost like it's too volatile to be held in this dimension kind of thing. It's, okay. it's almost a bit next level. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that said, I think the way you can beca- get to the point of twin flame mastery is to have had thousands of incarnations with, with one soul over and over and over and over again. So you know each other inside and out, and you've experienced everything from murder to death, like to, to, to love. Um, so let's sort of put the twin flame idea to one side. Now let's go into the soulmate realm. So here's the thing, and I could maybe burst your bubble here a little bit with the romance idea of it. Um, okay, I, I, I think there's, there's two schools of thought here or two possibilities. One possibility is absolutely that... Let's say you had this delicious lover, this knight in shining armor in a medieval past life, like literally a knight, and you guys had this torrid love affair and rolled in the hay and had great sex and good times, and then he went off to war and he died. 
And the past life part of you was like, oh my God, I never got to finish out that experience with Anthony or Jeff or whoever he was, right? Mm. And I really wanted to know what would have happened if we could have stayed together and had a family and what kind of a man and a husband he would have been because I only got like, it's like a buffet. I only got a taster and I didn't get the rest of the dish, right? So absolutely, I do feel that sometimes with regards to a soul contract, when we're sitting around that table up there in the sky deciding on our soul lessons, we might say, okay, I'm putting up my hand in this lifetime to do this really, really hard lesson with bullying. But if I'm going to go through that being bullied by my boss at work in order to learn a soul lesson, I want to have a beautiful support at home. So I'm going to ask Anthony to come back from the Middle Ages and be there as my gorgeous, solid, strong rock, my lover, my husband, my soulmate. And Anthony goes, yeah, I'll do that for you, babe, no worries. <laughs> and, then, and then there it is. So in this lifetime, Jordana, you might be just waiting to meet Anthony and he's just around the corner or he's scheduled in to come at 31 or 45 or whatever age you've scheduled him in, your path will cross, you can't miss him, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen to you, you don't have to go looking for it and there he'll be, right? Yeah. And then the children who come are all prearranged as well and they've chosen you guys to be their parents. Now, the second version is there are many Anthonys, there are many soulmates, there are many men or women currently walking this earth right now who hold an identical vibration that mirrors where you're at in your soul growth and you could easily magnetize them in. And this is that amazing kind of, you know, law of scarcity where, where, like, where people have these beliefs like, oh, I'm 40 with two children, nobody's going to want me, no man's going to want me or, you know, oh, but it's so hard to meet the right guy or I'm really picky or, no, none of that is true. They're just all victim stories and emotional blocks and beliefs that you have. Actually, there's probably millions of potential soulmates right now in every city and country of this earth who could be the missing jigsaw piece to your current puzzle. Yeah. Right? So it doesn't really matter if it's Anthony or it's Jeff or it's Simon or it's Peter. Like, that, they can all do the job for you. Now, what a soulmate is, is let's take some of the power out of this and stop viewing them as so fucking special. <laughs> what it is, is you are the one that is special and it's actually your job as a soul in this lifetime, irregardless of who is around you or not, yeah. To mate with your own soul. You must mate with yourself. You must have a relationship with yourself. You must learn the deepest levels of self-love and self-worth. And the better that you go at mastering that, the more high-quality soulmate is going to come in. Um, if you're, if you want to look at it that way. Yeah. Now it's complicated though because then sometimes I might see a woman who, from my point of view has quite a screwed up life but she has a really gorgeous husband and yes. I think how has she got that part of her life sorted out but the rest of it's crap but that goes back to what I said before about soul contracts you might yeah. say I want to work on a lot of shit but I want one person who's going to be there for me to go through so those kinds of arrangements can work as well yeah well I mean I find that really comforting Oh, good. I'm yeah, no, I do. I do. I read a quote the other day, um, and I'm absolutely paraphrasing because I don't remember it exactly, but it was something like, you know, if you were vibrating on the same frequency as another, it's only a matter of time before you end up in the same room. Oh, that gives me hope too. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, how beautiful is that? Yeah, and that's the pa- that that there is the law of attraction, which really better should be called the law of vibration. Yeah. It's how vibration works. And so, ladies or gentlemen, if you're listening to this podcast and you're trying to bring in more of something in your life, be it the perfect relationship or the perfect job or whatever it is, I just want to explain this at this juncture so people understand. I know people love to write lists. Dear universe. 
the perfect man has 15 dot points and that's what I want and you mail it to the universe and you say that's it please and you just spell and you think it's going to happen now a better way to speak to the universe because the universe doesn't speak in dot points the universe doesn't necessarily speak in English language the universe speaks in vibration yeah how can we speak in vibration well we do it every day through emotions and sometimes colors or thoughts things like that so if you for example to get back to the soulmate subject matter if you want to attract in the perfect partner or the perfect job let's say you sit down and you say to yourself what three emotions do i want to feel in my body waking up every morning for the rest of my life next to this person or in this dream job what do i want to feel and maybe the feeling is okay it's it's a feeling of deep soul satisfaction in my stomach and that's a yellow color it's a feeling of joy and excitement and happiness and that's in my heart and that's like a green color and that's also a feeling of being healthily challenged and that's in my mind and that's a blue color so if you sit down for your little meditation every morning and you just concentrate on the yellow the green and the blue and you keep reiterating that to the universe and saying universe i want more of that please i want more of those feelings please i want more of those feelings the universe goes oh we know what that is we've got this boy over here and he's green and yellow and blue we'll just match you two together right yeah that's how you do it love it love it love it oh this has been the most amazing conversation i could talk about this stuff all day um rebecca where can people find you if they want to know more of this stuff so if you want to hear me riffing on all of these themes um i have a podcast show with another woman who's sort of a love doctor so it's kind of like the psychic and the love doctor together so we do sex relationships emotions families communication spirituality we do all those kind of everyday and some out there topics and that is lovelifeshow.com so if you go there you can not only get um the mp3s of, of us talking but you can find out where to book me for a reading so you want to come and have a personal session you can do half hour you can have an hour um it's it's pretty much all there i do have my own website um which is rebecca detman.com d-e-t-t-m-a-n detman um so between the two of those um you you should be sorted i'd say (laughs) yeah amazing and like i said earlier i've had a reading with rebecca and she's fantastic many of her psychic predictions have come true already which is very exciting um and love life is one of my favorite podcasts thank you yeah i really i really look forward to wednesdays when it comes out so comes highly recommended to everybody very grateful for the opportunity to hopefully speak to some new listeners today and just to keep you know spreading the knowledge and the growth and the the self-learning and the the self-work because that is where the true power lies you know everyone takes this information they go and do what they want with it and hopefully shift and upgrade themselves yeah absolutely all right well thank you so much rebecca it's been an absolute pleasure and i hope you have a beautiful rest of your week thank you jordana same to you thank you if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to head on over to the blog, theinspiredtable.com.au, where you can find all the show notes. And if you're looking for a little bit of inspiration before next week's episode, come and hang out with me on Instagram, at The Inspired Table, or you can find me on Facebook. Until then, I'm Jordana Levine, wishing you an inspirational week. 
get this dinner party started.